I know my husband's one of them tonight, so. But anyway, it's good to see familiar faces and new faces, and I'm excited. I, I've been really pumped about doing these um, Sunday evening services. I, the Lord just really, and I, He even gave me some stuff for tonight, so I'm really excited. But I, I just, how many of you have had one or more things that have just been like persisting in your life for far too long? I mean, you know, it, an illness or a financial struggle or just, you know, a block for something that you know you're called by God to do, but you know, I mean, I, I mean, I can raise my hand. I mean, and I'm, I'm sure just about everybody here can raise their hand, you know, and that, that is not okay. You know, it's not okay because it's not God, you know, it's not God. I, I, I pray regularly with um, just various people, health issues, just different things. And I was talking with one of my, um, so I was praying with somebody the other day, and they are dealing with um, like stage five cancer, and we're just seeing massive breakthrough. I'm super excited, but it's not necessarily as fast as they would like. Symptoms are leaving, you know. They're just wanting their total clean bill of health, and we're just not there yet. Although we're moving in the right direction, but they, you know, they they just said something that kind of plays into the whole reason why I really felt like the Lord wanted us to gather on Sunday nights this summer. And what they said was, and if you were here, you've probably heard me talking about it, because it really, it's just stuck with me. And, you know, he said, well, I, you know, I was praying, and I gave God three reasons why I need to be healed right now. And they were good reasons. You know, they were about the why. I mean, I forget what they were, because I, I knew it was bad theology, so I didn't really record the reasons, like, going to go intercede for those and agree with them in prayer, you know. But when they were finished, I said... What if it's not up to God when you get healed? What if it's not up to God? And what if God's not withholding healing from you? And I said, because if he is, you know, it paints a picture of a father that I don't know that I necessarily would want to have. You know, as a natural parent, how many of you are natural parents and have kids, right? How many of you have more than one? Keep your hand up, right? So what if, I have two, Right? And what if Lily was sick and Ella was sick? And I was just as a parent gonna and it was within my power, within my power to heal them. And for some reason I was gonna choose to heal Lily but not Ella. Because I was either, you know, and there's all kinds of theologies around why we decide why we think God's like that. Why we think God is choosing to heal this person. Like he's just sovereignly picking. But you have to realize that the cross was universal. When Jesus became sickness on the cross and by his stripes he became healed and he was whipped and he was bruised and he was battered on the cross. And when he, it's, you know, in, in 2 Corinthians 5.21 it says he was made to be sin who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. All right? It says that there was one sacrifice for all of humanity, right? So on the cross, Jesus did, it doesn't mean everybody universally experiences it, but it was one act. He died once for all. Once for all. And not just, think about it, not just for the people that were alive in that day. He died for the people that had been born long before the cross. And every person that was ever going to be born after that, the sin, future sins, our sins, were on the cross. This is we were crucified with him, right? And so from God's perspective, he purchased salvation 
with the blood of the lamb, he redeemed mankind with one act. It, it was universal. It was a universal act. Everybody was included, right? It's available to all. It's a free gift to all. Salvation, and salvation, see, we think salvation, we think salvation just means forgiveness of sins and we're going to heaven. And if I look at you while I'm preaching, that doesn't mean I'm really talking to you. I, have a, I just look at people, right? So if I stare at you, just don't be going, oh, my gosh, she's... It's, she's talking to me, especially if I'm, like, talking about sin, right? He died once for sin, and I'm looking at you. No, I'm, don't, don't get freaked out if I do that. But, um, you know, so what is it? What is it that keeps, Katie, shush it. I know you're amen in what I'm saying, but um, what keeps it? And so, I, you know, he's thinking, you know, I'm going to pray to God because I, I need, and I said, what if God's not the one? That's, that's doing this? What if it's the enemy that's hindering it? Or what if it's what you believe that's hindering it? But what if it's not God? And so before, you know, some folks came in, I said, I was led to do these meetings because, and I asked everybody by a show of hands, if there was something in your life that you know is not the will of God, and it just seems to persist. It's something you've been standing for for a long time, whether it's healing or financial breakthrough or stepping into your purpose. or I mean, I just said, how many of us have something like that? And I mean, when I said show of hands earlier, I mean, I raised my hand, right? And I really felt like that it was time for a corporate people to bring their faith together for massive breakthrough. Because I don't believe that we're waiting on a move from God. I believe that he's waiting on a move from us. Amen? And so I just felt like that this summer, just because my faith is there for it. You know, sometimes you just got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just have to, right? The woman with the issue of blood, she just, I mean, she's like, enough of this mess. Right? I've spent all my money on these doctors, 12 years. I, I just keep getting worse right? And she decided. See, God, Jesus was not in control of the woman with the issues of blood's decision to get a breakthrough. She said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I, will be, I shall be made whole. I mean, she was so adamant. She, right, broke the rules, came into public, pressed through the crowd, and, and touched his garment. And just to show you how much God is not in control. He is sovereign, yes, but in his sovereignty, he gave the earth to Adam and Eve. He said, let them have dominion, right? And then he blessed them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and take dominion, right? He didn't control Adam's decision to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He didn't, he didn't come down with a dictator, and control Adam. See, free will is the only environment that love can exist in. Love is not, does not control. Love is not controlling. It's not manipulative. It is a, it, freedom is a core value of the kingdom. It's a core value of God. And so, just to prove, you know, just to think about that point, I mean, Jesus said, somebody touch me. He didn't even know. He just felt the virtue go out. But he didn't know who in the, in the crowd touched him. I mean, that is an incredible 
That's an incredible story. And it really causes us to adjust our theology. It You know, that we're just waiting on God for this breakthrough of this, whatever our affliction is, whatever has been persisting and lingering in our lives. And so I just, you know, I, I just felt like enough is enough. Enough is enough in the body of Christ. Because if we do not accurately reflect the character of God, the goodness of God, the love of God, and who our daddy really is, like he's not withholding good things from us. It is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. I mean, he is so good. You know the problem we have, why we have such a problem believing it? Is because it's, too, it's like too good to be true. We're suspicious because nothing else in the fallen world is like the goodness of God. You've got to earn everything. You know, you've got you to perform to receive. You've got to pay for it. You know, nothing, nothing in this life is free, right? You, you, we're taught to be cynical. We're taught to be suspicious of free things and things that are too good. To, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, well, then it probably is. We're taught to be cynical. And so the idea that this is free, and if my dog bugs you, she's a little mascot here, but she's, she's a sweetie, but if she bugs you, just put her down. She, she likes people. Um, you know, so I just, I just was praying into this because it just enough is enough. Enough is enough. And whatever it is that needs to be confronted, whatever it is, whether it's demonic, whether it's a, 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 a way of thinking, <laughs> whether it's just not being able to hear God, to know how to, the wisdom that you need, whatever that thing is, it's time for it to go. And I've just been declaring it. I'm declaring that over everyone that connects to this series this summer, that the strong man is coming down. The giant is falling. The giant is falling. I don't care if it's healing. I don't care if it's financial. I don't care if it's relational. I don't care if it's sexual. I don't care what, er I don't care what it is. This is an anointed and appointed time. And we are releasing, I'm releasing my faith for this stuff. And here's the thing. I remember I was praying about it praying about this, this thing that's, you know, in my life. And I, I, and I just remember, because sometimes you just, you just get so tired of it. You just want it to end. You just want to, you know, go, you know, and I just remember the Lord telling me, you know, you're not anointed to run. You're anointed to face the giant. See, the anointing kicks in when you're pressing in. Just like with the woman with the issue of blood. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is nothing that is more powerful than the one that lives inside of you. Amen? So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to do some announcements. We're going to get back into it. But that's kind of a little introduction about why we're here. So I just, I just want you to get your expector up. I want you to release your faith for this thing. And I want you to start thinking about what is that thing. I want you to come with an expectation. Right, that this this summer by August, this giant's fallen. This is, and I felt like this is going to be breakthrough after. I mean, I feel like it's like a domino effect, just going to be breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. And I can tell you this: the personal resistance 
that I have experienced in the last maybe, I mean, it's been a little while, but the last 90 days, the last 60 days, just particularly the personal resistance. I know that I know that I know that I know that this is, these are dangerous meetings. I mean, to the kingdom of darkness. Because he's about to lose some ground in the people of God's lives. He's about to, he's going to have to, you know, he's been sitting and squatting in all kinds of strong, you know, and ha- just strong, strong, um, what am I trying to say, strongholds. He's just been squatting on our stuff. Just sitting there living on our stuff, living on our inheritance. And he's about to lose ground. He's about to lose territory. Amen? Because, I mean, I'm going all, we're going frontal. Amen? We are going, we are, we're going frontal. Amen? All right. Well, let's pray and open. Jesus, I thank you uh, that two or more, when they are gathered in your name, there is a special manifestation of your presence. You are in us. We can't escape your presence. We are your temple. We are one with you. And so every single person here is filled with the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. Whether they feel it or not, whether they experience it right now or not, that is the truth. But when we come together, Lord, there is just an incredible thing. I'm just thinking about that that scripture in Acts when they came together in one accord and prayed and the whole place shaked. It just shook. That's not a word. It shaked and shook. But it shook under the power and the glory of God. And so we just, we release our um, just corporate faith tonight, Lord. We just declare that this is an atmosphere of, of just of faith. This is an atmosphere of the supernatural. This is an atmosphere where heaven uh, exists and, and manifests, Lord. It's not a theory. It's a reality. The kingdom of God is here in the name of Jesus. And so we thank you that signs and wonders follow the word that's preached, that, Lord, we are expecting manifestations of Jesus. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, Jesus, you're going to do what you did yesterday. You're going to do what you want to do today. And we just give you permission. You can upset the apple cart and mess with our thinking. You can mess with our theology and you can shine the light on whatever you need to shine the light on. We give you permission to be Jesus, to be God. (laughs) You be Lord. You be daddy. You be uh, the the big boss. And we're just going to submit. We're going to just be led by you. Whatever you want to do, have your way. Just speak through my mouth tonight, Lord. Think through my mind. And I just take authority over anything that would try to hinder and stop the move of God that is destined for our time together. We just release the agenda of heaven right now. And we just put ourselves right smack dab in a move of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to do a few announcements just because if I don't do it up front. God knows we won't get to it. So I want to encourage you guys to sign up for the June webinar. It's on June 8th. It's called Developing a Wealth Mindset. And it's really going to help you identify and uproot the lies that you believe about money. And so it... All of us have at least, I can tell you right now, at least one lie that we believe about money, right? So we're going to attack that stuff. We're going to talk about that poverty is a way of thinking, first and foremost, and wealth is a way of thinking. And we're going to talk about um, how to renew our minds so that we can receive what already belongs to us. All right, that's June 8th. You can go to Shalise.com. 
and sign up for uh, any of these events. And uh, if you don't know how to spell Shalise, I'm, we've got some sheets in the back there that you can go find that. So, all right, keep going, Heath. All right, I also want to talk to you about my new partnership program. It's called the Inner Circle. And so if you are feeling, I tell you, this is really, if you need, if you feel like there's more to your Christian experience than where you are today. You know, the anointing that really is on my life is to help you experience God. To help you experience your union with God, your oneness with God, and know God. I mean, for yourselves, experientially, not in theory. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, you can know the scriptures, but that doesn't mean you know God. You know, the disciples were people that had been with Jesus. The Pharisees were people that didn't recognize Jesus. The scholars and the scribes and the, the people that poured over the scriptures missed the move of God among them because they searched the scriptures, but they didn't come to him. And, and Jesus is alive. Jesus is a real person, and he, can be, he, is, he is meant to be experienced. You can know him. I mean, when he told the disciples, it's better if I go away because I'm going to send a comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost, and he's going to be with you, Right? This, that's an experiential, he, he's saying, you're, gonna be, you're not going to miss me. Even though I'm not going to be here with you physically. So there's got to be an experiential component to our relationship with God. And so when you partner with the ministry, what you're doing is you're partnering with people to help them experience God in a variety of different ways. And there's lots of information on the website about it. But I encourage you to pray about that. If you're looking for more experiences with God, you want to know him more intimately. Uh, I talked about it a little bit last week. I mean, that's caught as much as it's taught. You know, that is, that's an impartation uh, as much as it is, a, you know, a revelation. And so um, that's the new program. Anybody that signs up for a monthly partnership gets a prophetic word. I will call you, schedule an appointment, and we will spend some time on the phone. Just, I, I just really felt that I wanted to connect and uh, know who people are in the spirit. I feel like part of my call also is to stand for who God created people to be. And I always say I have the best, I mean, I don't have the best gift, like I'm arrogant about the best gift, but I love my gift. I love the gift that God's put on my life. I, I always joke and say I work in the DMV of heaven, meaning that I get, you know, you get an ID card, I, I see you for who you are, and then it's like I just get to release and agree for you. I give you a license to be you, you know? And so that prophetic word is as much for me <laughs> as it is for you, because I love that gift. And I believe that God in this hour wants someone agreeing with who he's created people to be. There is more to you than meets the eye. Man, I'm telling you, if you ever really saw who you really are, you would freak yourself out. We have such a low opinion of ourselves. We live with ourselves, don't we? <laughs> I live with me. I'm a full-time job. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but that is not really my true identity. And Brian's over there, yeah, she is. That's my husband. He's not really doing that. He loves me. Look at him, smiling. Yeah, he has to come home with me, so. But anyway, most of us are kind of like that. You know, we see our faults. We, 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 we read the word, and we, 
We see all the ways we don't measure up. I mean, we're just convicted by the word, you know, because it's, it's telling you who you are. But yet we aren't, most of us have not arrived. Amen? You know, and so we need, we need people just to see us and remind us of who we are. And I love using that gift. So that's part of the program. So, you know, go on the website. There's lots of information, lots of benefits to being a part of it. There's quarterly webcasts we're going to do. We're going to be doing some special teachings and stuff. So help me, help me get the call of God on my life out to all of the people that need to do, experience it. So how many of you have been changed by this ministry? Raise your hand if, if your relationship with God. If what I'm saying is actually not just a bunch of baloney. I'm up here just saying, like, you're experiencing God in ways you never did. Amen? Yeah. So I'm so thankful for that. It's the, I think I have the best call in the whole world. I, I get to help people experience God. Like, I think that's awesome. I tell people sometimes I'd leave meetings, you know, where we do these encounter things and people would experience God. And I would get in the car and I'd be so overwhelmed because all I could hear was the Father saying, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I mean, he just, his, his emotion was so overwhelming because you think you want to experience him. It's like having a kid that you can't talk with or having a, a, a wife or a spouse that you can't be intimate with, but you're so passionate for and you love them so much you died for them. You gave your blood for them. Like you gave the, only, the, the most intimate thing you could ever do for someone. But yet there's hindrances to them really knowing you. And so I just, I, I, I just love that I get to do what I get to do. So anyway, that's that. And then lastly, a wild weekend is coming July 21st through 23rd. I am going to be with John Crowder for the weekend. We're going to be doing a fundamentalism uh, weekend uh, with the focus on fun. We're calling this a joy recovery seminar. Because Christians are supposed to be the most joyful people on the planet. We are supposed to be absolutely just out of our minds, just with joy and, and just glory of heaven wherever we go. But yet, so many of us are just not there. And part of it's because we haven't really grasped the true gospel. Instead, we've been spoon-fed religion for so many years. And religion is so depressing. It's exhausting. It's hard work. And, and, and it's, it just steals your joy. You know, that's one way you know that you've heard the gospel, is that you actually, it makes you joyful. You actually, it actually cheers you up, you know? It's good news. I mean, that's what, we, we say it's good news, and then we, we're just depressed, you know? So John's awesome. Matter of fact, he just released a great, if you don't follow him, he, he gets a, he does these weekly emails, and he's a character, and he reminds me kind of like the Monty Python of Christianity. He's kind of got this dry sense of, he's got a handlebar mustache. He's hilarious. But he is a brilliant theological mind. And so don't judge a book by its cover. Um, check it out. I mean, he, um, he just released his latest, he calls them the Jesus Trip videos. He just released his latest one on the fivefold ministry, and it is just right. It is right on. And he, he teaches on all kinds of things, but you will just, you will feel freedom in that atmosphere. So come, it's going to be a blast. So I think that's it for announcements. That's, I think most of everything I think we've got going on, and, except for these Sunday nights. So bring a friend, amen, and come expecting. All right, got to find my Bible. All right. Ah, yay. Well, the first scripture I want to go to, um, 
If you brought your Bible or your phone, let me pull up my notes here. All right. I want to go to Isaiah 43:19. Now, I was talking about this scripture the other day in a, in a merge, but um, I think it's a really important place for us to start early on going into the summer. Okay, and here's what it says. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. I've got a bunch of different translations up here, but it says, For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Now let me read it in um, the NIV. It says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So, um, you know, here's the thing about long-standing strongholds. Most of us have attempted to break free of them before. Okay. So I recognize coming into this summer and believing for that or, or, or trusting that this is, this is it, this is really it, right, means that the first thing you've got to actually overcome is all of the past mess. All the times that she tried and failed, all the times that you thought you believed God and nothing happened, or whatever. Whatever, whatever your experience is in that particular area, that is one of the mass, major reasons you haven't had breakthrough. Because there's almost like this program in your heart and in your mind that expect, it, it, we just, it's like normal to live with this thing. And it's almost become such a giant, what's the point of trying? It's kind of like you, you've just kind of, there's a resolve that you've just kind of entered into over that thing. And, you know, new beginnings are of God. You know, God is, I mean, you know, there's so many scriptures that talks about, you know, his mercies are new every day, right? Um, he makes all things new. We're a new creation. I mean, this concept of new, right, we just don't even really, I don't think we can grasp it because we live in a world where things don't say new, you know, it, they're only new once. And once it's used, it's always used. It never becomes new again. <laughs> and so this idea of, you know, new beginnings and clean slates and giving God just, a, you know, a few, you know, seeing a future without the past influencing it. Seeing the future without, you know, the failure being projected onto it. You know, and the, the, the reality of it is, is that what we believe about that stuff actually impacts that stuff. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so when we have, when we are seeing the future through the lens of past failure, we're projecting failure into the future, and a lot of times we're doing it subconsciously. We don't even know that we're doing that. We're subconsciously in agreement with a future that looks just like our past because our past is what's programmed us to believe that nothing's going to change, and it's always going to be like this. Are you guys following me? Right? But I'm saying... 
That is not the mind of Christ. That is not how God thinks. God doesn't take our past into account when he declares what he's doing. He doesn't see you the way, I, the, the way that we, you see you. He doesn't talk to you the way that you talk to you. And he is not limited by how many times you've tried and failed. He's not limited by how many times you've gone around the mountain. He's not limited by how long you camped on the mountain. None of these things are problems for God. They are problems for us. Amen? And so if we're going to receive a new thing from God, right, the first thing we need to do is let all that mess go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Oh, no, I'm so sick of that song. Right? Who's sick of that song? If you don't have kids that are in a young age, you're probably not sick of it. But for parents that have those kids, we're just like, oh, my God. Um, so isn't this interesting? He says, see, I'm doing a new thing. See, I'm doing a new thing. Well, if it's a new thing... I don't know if you can see it yet. Matter of fact, he says, now it springs up. So when you see, you know, it's like telling, it's almost like telling you to look below ground and see the seed sprout. See the seed sprout, Shalise. Well, I'm going to have to dig it up, right? Because I can't see what you're doing underground. I can't see with my natural eyes what is unseen. But see, you have eyes that can see the unseen. You are not limited by your physical eyes. Every person here, you're like, well, I, you know, what does that mean? It's actually really simple. It's so simple, it doesn't seem spiritual. Sometimes we over-spiritualize everything about God, and we, especially the supernatural. We've over-spiritualized the supernatural, and it is so simple that most of us just don't enter into it. Because your spiritual eyes are your imagination. Your imagination is a God-given instrument. You have the, the power to imagine any future you desire. You can imagine anything you want. I mean, matter of fact, you can imagine yourself taking off from the parking lot right now and flying out there. If you want, we could go fly across. We could fly down the pass. We could fly over Pikes Peak. We See, there's no limitations in your imagination. That is an incredible thing. And because we've been programmed that this realm, the seen realm, the physical realm, this is real. This is real. But the things I imagine, oh no, those are just make-believe. Well, why do we even call it make-believe? You know, the most spectacular miracles that I have seen, for the most part, came to me because I saw something in my imagination. You know, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, the apostle Paul prayed for the church of Ephesus. He first of all said, I pray that the Father would grant unto you, the Father of the Lord would grant unto you a spirit of wisdom and knowledge. I'm sorry, wisdom and understanding 
in the knowledge of him. So he's saying, church at Ephesus, I want, I'm praying that you would get the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding so that you could know God. I want the Holy Spirit. I want you to, I want to release the Holy Spirit, his wisdom and his understanding so that you would have knowledge and know God. He's praying that God would reveal God. Because that's who reveals God. (laughs) Right? And then he says, and that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened and that you would know the hope of your calling. Well, the eyes of our understanding, is a, it's a King James way of, of phrasing it. The Amplified Version says that your heart would be flooded with light. But still, I mean, it, it, it's, it's symbology. It's, it's, it's hard to put our hands around. Well, what are the eyes of our understanding? And flood my heart with light. Well, what the heck does that mean? Like, you know, I mean, is it, it's not literal here. Well, think about it. The eyes of your understanding are your imagination. It's your imagine. It's how you. It's how you think. You think in pictures. It's you. 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 You reason. You have a cognitive ability that engages your imagination. And so, I'm saying this to say, when God says, "See, I'm doing a new thing," and He's really, really saying, "See the unseen," because then He also says. Now it springs up. To me, it's like a seedling that just has a little thing that's just come out of the side of it. But he says, do you not perceive it? Perceive it. And there is a perception that, well, let's talk about the first one. There's a perception that is deception. And there is a perception that sees what God is doing and sees what God wants to do. And so perception is everything. Perception is everything. He's saying, I'm doing a new thing. It's springing up. Can you perceive it? Do you not perceive it? And I'm telling you, we're here tonight because I perceive that we're going into a, a supernatural series of breakthroughs this summer. We are being invited into a supernatural move of God in our lives this summer. And it is only limited by what we can believe. It is only how far we go, how fast we go, how much we receive. How, I mean, and let's be clear, this, this could have happened in January. There's nothing special about May that God somehow is more... I mean, I know people say stuff like that all the time. Like, you know, it's... what You know, I just believe the cross <laughs> made all of heaven available to us 24-7. I just believe that we are in a absolute open heaven, that everything belongs to Jesus, belongs to us, that we are not... We're not waiting for another whatever, you know, I think if we believe that, God will accommodate that. I believe God accommodates and moves through our beliefs. I believe he is so desperate, he'll just, it's like we just give him a little a little mustard seed and he'll move a mountain with it. And so this perception is huge, it's huge. And so here's the deal. It's kind of like developing a new habit. 
you know, how many of you have tried to develop a new habit before and you just failed miserably, right? I mean, raise our hands, right? All right, why, why? Because our minds are designed to really believe what we believe. <laughs> and the science behind that is we have these little neural pathways, right? And when we experience things and when we uh, do things by repetition, I mean, they literally, they're strengthened. This electrical impulse in your mind becomes almost like a road, and it, it's like a groove almost that you just kind of get into when you're thinking. And so, you know, habits are kind of like, they're, they're, they're automatic pilot programs. I mean, you're, you know, you get up and probably have the same morning routine without even thinking about it. You probably drove here without really realizing you drove here. You know, that's a little scary thought, but you've just, you've had so much experience driving that you don't have to consciously think about driving. I mean, you do, you know, obviously think somewhat about it, but there's, I mean, a large part of that process is just subconscious, right? And so what I'm saying is this, these breakthroughs that we are going to go for this summer, part of it's kind of like developing a new habit. And you know, here's the deal. Habits can be broken. Just because you haven't yet maybe broken that particular one doesn't mean that you, it can't be broken. See, the meaning that we attach, the things that we believe about trying and failing, about confronting and, or, or, you know, trying and, you know, all of that mess, it's all changeable. It's all pliable. And you can have positive habits as much as negative habits. You can have positive strongholds as much as negative strongholds. It's just your brain. It's just your mind. It is your mind. Our, it's our beliefs in our minds. Now, when Joshua went into the promised land, all right, let's go into the book of Joshua. And we're going to go, let me pull it up here. Let's see which version I want to read it in. We're going to go to, go to Joshua 6, uh, verse 2. And I'll, I'll stay in the NIV for a moment, but it's in the NASB this way. I mean, it's all over the place in different translations. But it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. Okay, now I want to back up for a moment to Joshua 1, because this describes a stronghold. Here's what it says. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. So this thing was shut down, right? Now, then the Lord tells him, See, I have delivered this strong city. I've delivered Jericho into your hands. And, but it says, along with its king and its fighting men. So this is a really good picture of a stronghold. Right? It's, a, it, it's like a, it, it, you've, got, you've got the strong man, the demonic strong hand, man, who is sitting in his stronghold. The king, if you will. Now listen, that land belonged to the Israelites. That was their inheritance. So that king and that stronghold 
were actually squatting on what belonged to God's people. Do you see what I'm saying? So even though that king thought Jericho was his property, and he had fighting men to defend it, okay, this is a picture of the demonic squatting in the minds of the people of God. And the strong man and the fighting men, the demonic forces that think that what belongs to you belongs to them. And so God is saying, see. See this stronghold destroyed. See it, see it, see it. I am delivering this strong man into your hands and I am delivering the fighting men with him. There is not a demon in hell that can keep you from breakthrough. There is not a strong man in hell that can hold on to your inheritance. But there's a key here and the key is C. The key is C. See, have, how, have we, how do we envision our, our summer? How do we envision our breakthrough? How much money do you envision having in your bank account by July? How much, how much health do you envision walking in by July? I mean, I don't care what the strong man's name is. I mean, I don't care how long you've experienced it. I don't care how long it's seen the heavens have been shut up. You see it. And you see it radically. And I, I'm just, I'm sitting here just thinking, I mean, you know, the, the, some of the most powerful ministers I know came out of massive strongholds. I mean, I'm thinking about Kevin Dedman, for example. Kevin Dedman's out of Bethel. You know, he was in, I think, his early 40s before he actually saw a miracle. He's like the supernatural evangelism. He, he, he sees miracles like this. People come up to him with a missing thumb, like they have a missing limb. And he grabs the nub and laughs over it, doesn't even pray, laughs over it, and a whole thumb grows out with a fingernail. Now, this is a guy who, before he came to Bethel, had been trying to be, I mean, he, he wanted to see healing. He was desperate to see healing. He never saw healing. He, everybody he prayed for died. I mean, it was just pathetic. He was the least likely person on the planet to have a healing ministry. And now he wrote a book called The Treasure Hunt, which is a supernatural evangelism handbook. And he teaches people to like, do, you get this piece of paper and you, you get words of knowledge on this piece of paper. And, you know, people that never had ever got a word of knowledge, you know, like uh, just pick a place. And you even think you're making it up like Starbucks. Okay. A color, red. You just, you just write this stuff down on a paper. And then you go out and you go to Starbucks and sure enough, there's a dude sitting there in red and he's limping and he needs prayer. I mean, he trains people all over the world now to operate in supernatural signs and wonders in everywhere they go, in Walmart and Starbucks and Safeway. And he started from a place in, in years and years and years and not seeing it. I'm thinking about Mark Verkler. 
Mark Verkler could not hear God. He could not hear God. He had such a stronghold in his life of not being able to hear God. And he decided, I'm going to take a year, darn it, and I'm going to dedicate all of my energy to this hearing God thing. Well, you know what he does today? He has a book called The Four Keys to Hearing God. Probably some of the most incredible revelation you have ever read about hearing the voice of God. He gives you a money-back guarantee and says, if you aren't hearing God after doing this teaching series and after reading this book, I will give you your money back. So don't tell me what is too hard for God in your life. Don't tell me how long you've experienced this thing and how straight shut up that city is and how mighty the king is and how mighty the men are. There's a, there's a future that God wants you to see. And in this future, you are free. And I mean, you need to, you need to get really radical with it. You need to get as radical as you can get with it. I mean, I was, you know, even just today, I was just thinking some stupid stuff. I mean, just stupid stuff. I look back on it now, and it's just such a low-level settle, just a settle. I mean, and, and thank God that we're doing that. I mean, you know, I preach to me as much as I preach to you, because it's just like, you, we don't even know half the stuff we think is stupid. And I mean, I'm not saying you're stupid, but in the mind of Christ, it is absolute stupidity. Poor God. I feel sorry for him. He's got to talk to us and come down to our little stupid mindset and try to have a conversation. It's like, you know, coming down with a goo-goo-ga-ga baby. You're trying to goo-goo-ga-ga to get them to understand. Because we aren't, our, he says, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. They're higher. They're higher. And I'm giving you a key. I'm giving you a key. See, what you see, you will be. And if you can't see it, you don't believe it. And if you don't believe it, you cannot receive it. That's some good preaching, girl. Amen. I came from the black church. They're like, amen. So I said, yeah. All y'all white people too quiet. But I, I, amen, right? I mean, if you, can't, if you can see it, you can be it. But if you can't see it, you cannot receive it. Because if you can't see it, you don't believe it. And you've got an image of your future that is based on your past. And that is not the way God thinks. And that is not the way God sees. And it is not the way God moves. He told Jericho, see it. See it. And then he gave him the most ridiculous strategy. Why? Because it was a supernatural breakthrough. It was not a natural battle. These are demonic strongholds in your life. 
that have set themselves up through unbelief. They have lied. They have lied to you. They have lied to me. And they have painted an image of of ourselves and told us that we are someone that we're not. They have taught us to act in ways that that it is not at all in agreement with our true identity in Christ. Jesus said, the same works I do will you do, and even greater works. That's your true identity. As anointed as Jesus, doing the exact same kinds of miracles that he did, and even greater ones. That is the way God sees you. That is who you are. And whether you believe it or not, you're not going to change his mind. It is settled in the mind of God. You are the body of Christ. Dude, that is incredible. It is not a cliche. It is not some kind of religious symbolism. It is a a, a fact. We are members of one another. We have been entered into a union with Jesus himself. And through that union, we have entered into a union with the Trinity. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in him bodily. We are in Christ. You are seated in heavenly places inside of him You are inside of Jesus. You live and move and have your being inside of God. I get that we can't see it. I get it. I get that it seems unbelievable because we are so used to the physical realm and we are so controlled by our physical senses. But that is not the way God designed us to operate. That is not the way God designed us to live. Jesus came to restore sight to the blind. And it wasn't just about restoring physical sight. The blindness that happened in the garden, it just cursed the whole earth. It cursed humanity. When their eyes were opened, their eyes were shut. And all of a sudden, they were ashamed and they were naked. Their whole self-image was distorted in an instant. They forgot who they were. And they became afraid of God. They hid from his presence, and they, they, they lived this separated existence from God. And separation from God is an illusion. It is a deception. You are not separated from God, even though you feel like it. Your feelings can be deceived. Your feelings can be demonically oppressed. They can be controlled by the, by, by, I'm, I know this may be like, what? Demons can do that? Heck yes, they can. Depression is demonic. I mean, yes, it's, it, 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 it's thought-based as well. Yes, there's such a thing as a chemical imbalance, but what the heck is causing that? There are, sp- how do I know? I have been healing the sick for far too long. You cannot convince me. I'm telling you, 85, 90, 95% of what we deal with physically is demonic. I mean, I have seen it. I have seen arthritis, twisted body, just seen a devil come out of them and their body look completely normal. I have seen, I mean, you know, it's just crazy. And that's that's not to exalt the enemy. Because the only reason he's exalted is because we have no knowledge. Or number two, we've given him the authority that we are supposed to be using against him. You know, this last week, there's been some massive breakthrough already just in my little girl's life. Little Lily here, who's here tonight. You know, um, I forget what night it was, Tuesday this week. She comes running upstairs. Mom, something, 
Something hit my bed. Bam, bam, bam on my bed, Mom. There's nothing in the room. And I, you know, she was really freaked out, you know, and she was down there by herself. My other little girl wasn't feeling well, so she was in my bed. And, you know, I said, Lily, there's really only a couple options here, honey. And uh, I said, first of all, monsters and ghosts aren't real. We know this, right? Angels, you know, they're going to, it's not going to feel, you know, you're not going to be afraid. And I said, you know, there wasn't any animals in there and you didn't do it. So it's probably demonic. And I said, however, I said, you know who Jesus is, right? And she said, yeah, mama. I said, well, a couple of things here. I'm not sure you really, really know how powerful Jesus is. And so, and I told her about, and you know, we talked about it last week here on Sunday. I, you know, just talked about Revelation 1, Jesus. If you read Revelation 1, Jesus, I call him scary Jesus. Because if you read Revelation 1, this is the Jesus that's got, and I read it last week. I'm not going to take the time to do it this week. But I mean, it's like his hair is white like wool. His face shines like the sun. His feet are like burnished bronze. He's got a two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. And he says, I hold the keys of hell and death. And this is the risen Jesus. This is not the sweet, you know, baby Jesus in the manger. Right? This isn't sweet baby Jesus. This isn't, you know, Jesus walking by the shore of Galilee. Powerful, walking on what did lots of things. But that hair, white like wool. Like, I mean, no wonder John fell at his feet as though he was dead. Let me tell you, your authority over the demonic. And so I just told Lily, I just said, you know, that's Jesus. And I said, no one has, I said, that devil has to bow to Jesus. And I asked her, I said, where is he right now, baby? Where is he? Where is he? She said, he's in my bed. And I said, well, let's pray. And I told the devil, I said, you're going to show up here? You're going to be sorry. Because I will use it to teach her her authority, just like I'm doing right now, and we will make you pay. If I was you, I wouldn't do this. I'm not you, so it's really your decision. If you want to help me teach my daughter her authority, well, then keep it up. But if I was you... I'm just saying, I, I don't know that I would go that route. And that little girl slept in her bed all night. And then, you know, we came to class on Thursday. She prophesied over every single body in attendance last Thursday. I mean, just powerful stuff coming out of this kid's mouth. I mean, two and three scriptures. I mean, I didn't even know she knew these scriptures. And I was like, what? Where's, who is this kid, right? You know, and we were driving home, and she said, Mom, what you told me last night, that's real. That's real, Mama. Right? You know, and so why am I sharing that? Because we, this, this whole realm of the unseen is real. It is real. Matter of fact, the unseen is where everything that's seen originated. Now, I'm going to give you a little prophecy that I think God's going to use this summer. I didn't really know he was going to use it this summer, but I, I believe he's going to do it this summer. Matter of fact, you might want to get out some prophecies. You might want to re-listen to some prophecies. You might want to start going back in your prophecies and, and pulling them out and really start saying, this, this is for now. This word, this is a right now word. This is a right now, the new thing God's doing. He's doing this right now. So one of these, this is kind of an interesting experience I had. So I was uh, in prayer one day, actually. And I was sitting in the snow in this vision I had. 
Now, this was in my imagination. I've had open visions, had one in my whole life when I was commissioned into ministry. So I don't want you to get the idea that I'm some super spiritual, you know, whatever that you can't do, right? Any prophetic anointing that's on my life is there to empower you to be so prophetic that everybody thinks you're a prophet. That's what prophets do. It's not up here to, you know, just prophesy this, saith the Lord, although that's part of it. But anyway, in this vision, it was an but it, you know, it's, it's straight up God. There's no way you can make this stuff up. I'm sitting in the snow, and I was so confused and so lost, I had forgotten what I had lost. And an angel comes up to me. I mean, I was like so confused and lost, I didn't even know. It's like I didn't even know I was in the snow. In the, I mean, it was just like I was just, I was gone, kind of. And this angel comes up and taps me on the shoulder and says, you forgot who you were. You lost your keys. And the, and the keys were sitting right next to me in the snow. So he picks up the keys and he gives me the keys and he says, this is the key that opens the door to the unseen. And then right when he handed me the key, I was sitting and then this door opened and it was literally like the scene realm just had a door. It wasn't really even a door. It's like, like when you draw, like you can't draw very good, and so you just draw like a three, little three square thing and say, oh, that's a door. Well, that's kind of what it was just like it folded back, right? And now there was this, it, it, it was dark in there. I couldn't see anything in there. It was just like a dark nothing in there. But it was this door to the scene. And he said this to me. He said, you are a bringer of the unseen into the scene. And he said, there are many bringers of the unseen into the scene in the unseen. And you're going to go get them. You're going to go get the bringers of the scene unto the unseen that are yet still unseen. Like, you can't make that up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of how you know it's God. Because you're just like, if I tried to make that up, I couldn't make that up. Well, guess who you are? sitting here tonight. And guess what my assignment is? To bring the bringers of the unseen into the scene. So I'm declaring right now in Jesus' name that every single one of you, within the sound of my voice, whether you're listening to this tonight live or you're going to listen to the recording that Heath puts up, you are a bringer of the unseen into the scene. And you will be seen. You will be seen as a bringer of the unseen into the scene. So now the question is, what are you going to bring from the unseen into the scene so that you can be a bringer of the unseen into the scene and be seen? Like a Dr. Seuss thing, isn't it? Kind of having fun. Are you following me, though? By the power of God, you're following me. You are a bringer of the unseen, and you're going to bring something from the unseen, and you're going to do it this summer, and you're going to get so good at it. The first time is just not going to be kind of like the learning curve. It's going to be like the learning curve. You're kind of new at it. You're not sure about it. you got to stay focused on it. you got to see it. When God says see it, he doesn't mean just glance at it. 
like see it once. No, you see it until it becomes more real than what you see with your physical eyes. Kenneth Copeland said it this one time. I loved it. He said, by the time I got that thing, it was old. Now, you got you to catch that. Meaning that he had been seeing it in the unseen for so long that by the time he actually saw it, it was old. He'd had it. He possessed it. He already had had it for so long. Okay, now let me tell you. Let's go to Mark 11.24. NIV. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. And it will be yours. Now, let let me just come back here again and say it again. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, if you want it to be yours, what do you got to do? Hmm? Believe? Believe that you have, what do you got to believe? That you have it. You believe that you received it. How do we believe that we received it? It is not just some urethral, oh, I I believe I received it. You know, I mean, I came from a Word of Faith church. That's what we did. I believe I received. Oh, I believe I received. Meanwhile, 10 years later, they're still believing they received it. You know? I believe I received. You know what I mean? You just like it, it just becomes like, how are you? Blessed and highly favored. You just got a little like a parrot. You just speed it out, you know? But no, I <laughs> how do I know this is true? Just besides me just teaching it and this obviously being completely led by the Holy Ghost and all that. How, how do we know? Because it, it's worked in my life. The reason I have kids today, I'm telling you, serial miscarriage is what I was my experience. One fallopian tube wasn't going to happen for me. But I saw it. The Lord said he will make the barren woman the joyful mother of children. And I saw it. I saw myself nine months pregnant. And And I didn't just see it once. I didn't glance at it. I saw myself every day like that. I had... You know, I was in the garden walking around with Jesus, nine months pregnant in the realm of my imagination. That imagination was so powerful that when I did get pregnant, morning sickness couldn't stay on my body. Because I was meditating on how barrenness was under the curse. And I was, I was redeemed from the curse. And I'm telling you, morning sickness would leave. i just go there. Whoop. And you can go there anyway, anywhere. You know, you can drive and be in heaven nine months pregnant, eating grapes with Jesus. You can take a shower and be nine months pregnant, eat and grab with Jesus. You can, you can cook dinner. Not, you, you can multitask. That is so cool. So the question is, what are you going to see? And what are you going to bring from the unseen into the seen? Why? Because you believed you've received it. You've believed you received it, and you know what's going to happen? You're going to have it. 
You believed you received. It will be yours. Let me read it again in different ways. It says, it's pretty much the same way. I'm trying to see if there's anything I say it different. Therefore, I tell you, all the things you pray and ask for, believe that you have received them and you will have them. Um, Therefore, I say to you, all things, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe that you shall receive and they shall come to you. Because of this, I say to you all, whatever praying you do ask, believe you receive and it shall be unto you. See, that's the thing about strongholds. They cause you to believe it's never going to change. And they cause you to see it the way you've always saw it and the, all, the way you've always lived it. They, they, they cause you to see tomorrow the same as today and the same as yesterday. But you are not under the power of that. You have the ability to see a new thing and to perceive a new thing and to see, like Joshua, whatever that stronghold is in your hands. Amen? Okay, so we're only going to start with one. Okay, so don't make a list of 10 things you're going to try to receive all at once. Okay? I mean, here's the thing. The bringer of the scene is going to bring one thing into the scene at a time. I just feel like it's going to accelerate. Now, you might be able to bring 10 things in at one time. You might be able to, but let's just start with one. Let's start with one. And when you're done with that one, heck, you go back in there, you know, in that doorway that I went into, you can go in there and get anything you need. That's what I saw. Because after that I saw, you can just go in there because it's the realm of the spirit. It's the realm, you can, and the reason it's dark. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. The reason that it's dark is because every single thing that you need is in there. You just have to see it when you get in there. And the light, when you see, that's when the light turns on. You know, in Matthew 6, hey, I'm going to go to Matthew 6. I'm doing this on my computer just because I can see all these different versions at the same time. And I'm going to go to, I think it's like, start with like 15. Um, We're going to go to Matthew 6.22. Actually, I'm going to go back up a few scriptures. Don't store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. 
In the King James Version, it says it this way. Uh, that doesn't have it. It just has the King James New one. Okay, we'll just, I'll just read it there. It says, the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, if your eye is sound, your whole body shall be full of light. Now, I've heard so many sermons on this particular scripture about treasures in heaven and, you know, teaching. And this, I mean, Jesus is talking about money here. I mean, I'm not taking any of that lightly. But, you know, treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven. I believe what Jesus is teaching here is he's saying everything you need is in the unseen. All the treasures. In Ephesians, it says it this way, that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Let me go there in Ephesians chapter 1. And it's verse 3. It says, Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, we think spiritual blessings just mean like peace and joy and love and forgiveness. Spiritual. No, spiritual just means it's not physical. It's just not a physical yet. Yet. And see, as a bringer of the unseen into the seen, that's it. That's what it's about. It's about taking the unseen and believing until it's seen. Hebrews 1, I mean, Hebrews 11. Verse 1. Familiar scripture. I want to read it in the Amplified, actually. Well, let me read it here first. It says, uh, no, let me go there. Sorry. I want to read it in the Amplified. Okay, here's what it says. It says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for. It says divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. See, faith has eyes. Faith, it's, it's, the, it's the ability to see what you can't see with your physical eyes. And this, beloved, happens. I mean, it's just, again, so simple. It's just your imagination. I mean, it's so simple. The devil's just tricked us. And he's trapped us with our, into, our physical, with our, into our physical eyes so that we believe our physical eyes and that that's the, that's the truth. We think that's the truth. When the things that are seen are temporal. Meaning, they're subject to change. They're just temporary. The things that aren't seen are the things that are eternal. Those are the, 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 the inheritance that you have in Christ is a spiritual inheritance. It's an unseen inheritance. 
Your salvation is an unseen reality. The Christ in you is an unseen reality. But you know that it can manipulate the seen. It can totally manipulate the scene. I prayed for a lady the other day. I mean, you know, she just told me she was going in for heart. I don't know. I mean, I don't... I just prayed for her, you know. She's like, I haven't been, she cleaned her whole house that week. She was going for heart surgery, couldn't do anything. I mean, just totally, why? It manifests the spiritual reality inside of you, inside of me. It moves the scene. It moves the scene. It, it shapes the scene. It transforms the scene. It manifests the inheritance. It takes, Holy Spirit said, I will take what belongs to Jesus And I will show it to you. I will make it real to you. I will manifest it to you. When when the Father said, let there be light, and the Holy Spirit was brooding, yeah, he was just manifesting. He was bringing the unseen into the seen. The Holy Spirit was at the Father's words that were released in faith. He was performing. He He was transforming the seen realm. And it didn't matter how dark it was, it didn't matter how void it was, it didn't matter how shapeless and formless it was. The seen realm is subject to the unseen realm. The seen realm is subject to the Spirit of God. The seen realm is subject to your enlightened eyes. And if it's a part of your inheritance in Christ... We are actually commanded to see these things. It tells us to be heavenly minded. Keep your eyes on things above. We are commanded, commanded to see heaven on earth. Pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whatsoever you bind will be bound on earth. Whatsoever you loose on earth. You know, I mean, we are commanded to agree with the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is not in agreement with poverty. The mind of Christ is not in agreement with sickness. It's not in agreement with mental illness and depression and miscarriage and divorce. And, and let me tell you, the battle is for what you see. Every time. Every time. Because if the enemy can steal what you see, he can steal your future. He has to get you, he has to use you against you. He doesn't have any power. He's got to use yours. He doesn't have a body. He's got to use yours. That's good news, y'all. What's her problem, Brian? Just let her go. She, she's free. She's free. Be free, Katie. Be free. It's a prophetic act. Be free. See? You don't even know how to handle freedom. That's how most of us are. What do you mean free? She probably is. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, what's your thing? What's your thing? What, what is the first breakthrough of the summer going to be for you. Now remember, hi baby, the future, God is not up there controlling you. 
You know what? One of my favorite scriptures. You know, Jesus said it all the time, but I love it. Let me just, let me, let me hit you with this. All right, we're going to go to Mark 10, 51. Here we go. This is Jesus talking. Now, I love this story. I, this is, I got so many versions here, I can't read the whole thing. Let me just read a little back a little more. Let's start. Oh, I love this. Okay, Mark 10, 46. Now, this is awesome because it's also in Jericho. And it says, and then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Now, the dude's poor, right? He's begging. And he's blind. He's blind and he's poor. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him, be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Say radical. Jesus stopped and said, call him. Got Jesus' attention. So they called to the blind man. And they said, cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. Here's what Jesus said. What do you want me to do for you? The blind, said, the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Now, what's my point? You don't have to over-spiritualize this. What do you want? All things are yours. I know. He's not used to this. Brian doesn't realize this is Freedom House right here. Got the dogs and the... Yeah. Maybe grab some water for her too, Brian. I think she might be thirsty. He's like, I didn't know I was going to have to work. Um, but what do you want? What do you want? What do you want for God to do to you? You know, the first time he asked me that question, she, she sees the leash. Hey, Amy, can you just get that thing? The first time God asked me that question, I thought there was a right answer. I thought he was asking me, like I, and I was all stressed out. Like I'm thinking like Solomon or something, like he asked for wisdom, man. You know, like there's a right answer. What do you want? Oh, okay, what's the holy answer? What's the humble answer? What's the, you know, faith-filled answer? And, you know, it took me a while before the Lord was just like, no, I said, what do you want? 
What do you want? If you put all that on that, you're trying to act like I'm asking you, what do I want? I didn't ask you, what do I want? I, if, I, if I wanted to know what I want, first of all, I'd already know what I want. But maybe I'd just ask you, what do I want? What do I want from you? Like a trick question. And then you could guess. And then, then I could tell you what I want from you. Because you're not going to know what I want from you unless I tell you what I want from you. But that's not the question, Shalise. The question is, what do you want? And what if there's not a right answer? It, I mean, I granted, I mean, you know, don't be saying I want like a harem of whores or something, you know. I mean, that would not be a good answer, I would think, you know. But in the Old Testament, you wonder. But that's a whole other sermon. Um, no, the point is, if it's in heaven, if it's in heaven, it's in your inheritance. Salvation, by the way, doesn't just mean salvation from hell. You get, you know, you aren't going to go to hell when you die. Salvation is the Greek word sozo, and it encompasses everything that the Hebrew word shalom encompasses. It's, it's prosperity, it's wholeness, it's deliverance, it's, it's peace, it's, it's um, health. I mean, it is nothing missing, nothing broken. It is the shalom, the sozo, it's, it's the zoe, it's the God kind of life. I mean, that's what eternal, that's what we've been given. We have been given a life now, now, here and now, here and now of divine health. So what do you want? And I really did believe, I really do believe that these long-standing things are about to be broken. But that doesn't mean that has to be what you go for. I am personally just sick and tired, so I, that's what I'm going to go for. But you can, that, do, do, what do you want? Because, see, the beggar had more than one problem. You know, he was begging, he was blind. Probably had more problems than that. You know, but Jesus, Jesus asked him, what do you want? And then, after you, after, after you decide what you want, what are you going to do? What, what's it, what are we going to do next? This is what I want. She says, I want healing. I want physical healing. All right? I want physical healing in my body. Or I, I want whatever. I, I, whatever. Whatever it is. Let's just use that. I want a freedom from an addiction. Whatever it is. What's the next step? You know what you want. Now what? See it. Whatsoever you ask for in prayer, believe you receive it. So he's saying, what do you want? Well, I'm going to pray as a request. What do you want? Well, Jesus, I want X, Y, Z. Whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. So he's like, okay, here. And you can, you can, you know, Holy Spirit, show me what it looks like. Help me see my future. Give me an, a divinely inspired imagination. Enlighten the eyes of my understanding. Like, I can't tell you how many times this thing is. I mean, I remember one time I needed new tires. And I, I really wasn't thinking about the tires. They were bald. I should have probably been thinking about the tires. But that's not, 
I mean, Brian will tell you that's not what I'm predisposed to think about. And, you know, I was driving down the pass one day. Just, I mean, I wasn't thinking about, I don't know what I was thinking about. But all of a sudden, bam, I saw four new tires on my car. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just got four new tires. Thank you, Jesus. So sometimes when you get stuff like that, you didn't know to receive it. That that was Holy Spirit trying to get something to you. And he's telling you, receive it. You had a dream at night or something. And you're raising, you're doing something incredible in your dream. Why? He wants you to see it. Okay, so why are there nightmares? Need to wait for Amy to get in here for this one. Why do you have nightmares? Because the enemy wants you to see it. He wants you to see it so you'll believe it. He wants to intimidate you. Empower himself because he's going to have to. He can't. He has no power. I mean, even with whatever that noise was, I still don't know what that is. But it's not so much the hitting the bed that's the problem. It's all the imaginations that come after that. Right. I tell a story one time, the Lord I feel like is bringing back up, of a, a pregnant woman who just kept having this pain in her body. And we would pray for it. At the t- I had students, we were, we were uh, in Emerge, and I, we, the students would pray for it, and it would leave. But then it would come back, and it would move. It would move when they would pray. Well, that's one way you always know it's demonic. But, you know, physical symptoms don't move in your body if it's just, you know, you really need a creative miracle or, you know, something. And so, when it kept happening, I asked the young girl, I said, let's just pray this. I said, let's ask the Holy Spirit to show you what this demon looks like that you're dealing with. Now, I, I, when I said that prayer, it was like it just flashed into her head faster than I could even get the words out of, her, out of my mouth. And she was like, uh, I mean, like she, she was, you could tell just this terror came over her. And I said, wait, 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 wait. I said, no, 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 no. Holy Spirit, I know that's what the devil wants her to think that he looks like. I said, but show her what he actually looks like in Jesus' name. Right? And all of a sudden, she starts laughing. She starts laughing. I mean, she's laughing hysterical. I mean, she starts laughing. We all start laughing. It was a Holy Ghost laughter started to break out in that place. And she started laughing. She's like, he's a little bone eater. Ha, 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 ha. She was cracking up, cracking up. And the pain totally left her body. She came back the next week, and I said, well, how did it go? Did it come back this week? She said, oh, that little bone eater tried to come back, but I just laughed, and it left. Right? See, when the enemy tries to exalt himself, I mean, I can't tell you how many times he's done this. I mean, I've had, I mean, a gazillion experiences of this. I remember one time I was going to this meeting, a really important meeting, and I was taking a shower, and all of a sudden I had all this vertigo. I mean, I've never had vertigo, no idea what this was, but I was so dizzy. I was just getting sick. I just felt horrible. I was sick. But I also knew, like, this thing is demonic. And I finally, like, got in the car, and I was about to pull out of my driveway, and I just said, in the name of Jesus, you have no authority and I mean, that, I, I, I just heard, I mean, it was like loud in my head. Well, by whose authority do you think you, you know, he started talking to me like that. And I'm telling you, before I could even 
think, because I couldn't, I was in vertigo. All of a sudden, I saw myself sitting in my car in a general's uniform. In a general's uniform. And, I mean, it just came out of my mouth, by this authority, just like that. And that left. Just left. I remember one time I was in downtown Chicago. I was looking at um, some hotels. We were going to do some meetings in downtown Chicago. And for those of you who don't know, I started my ministry on Chicago. And down, I mean, in the city in Chicago, street ministry with homeless people, crackheads, just crazy stuff. And I was walking down Michigan Avenue. We were looking at the Intercontinental Hotel, and I was walking out of the hotel. I mean, I, again, just walking out of the hotel. I mean, I felt this come up into my face. Who are you? I heard it just like that. Who are you? And I said, you don't know? I said, well, you better go ask some high-ranking demons. Because they surely know me and kept walking. Mm-hmm. Well, but you guys, I mean, it's real is what I'm saying. It's real is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm going to say again what I told Amy, you know, like, because I said, you know, the reason the Holy Spirit would give me that, that vision of having new tires, you know, all of a sudden I got new tires, or he'll give you a dream is because he has to get you to see it. He has to get you to see it, because that's how you believe it. I mean, I could go on and on. I could give testimony after testimony after testimony. And here's the thing. When you see, what you see, you also say. See, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when the eyes of our understanding are enlightened, our heart is flooded with light. And it says out of, a good, out of the good treasure of a good man's heart comes forth good things. But out of the evil treasure of an evil man's heart come forth evil things. All right. So what you see, you will say. And see, here's the thing. Seeing and saying are the way the seen realm is manipulated. Seeing and saying. If you go back to Hebrews 11 in chapter 3, I'm sorry, Hebrews 11, verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. In another, um, it says by uh, English Standard Version, it says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. See, so when you have an image inside of you that you are meditating on, that's why he told Joshua, meditate on the things I've said day and night. See. See, see, see what I've said. See, Jericho, in your hands. See, Joshua, see and say. Now, so, first step, decide what you want. Second step, see. Now, as you see, you will begin to say. And sometimes you can, if you can say and see, you know that by saying you'll see it, and by seeing it you'll say it. 
That's why in Habakkuk it says, write the, well, let me go back there because it's not even really, let's go to Habakkuk and I want to go and read it because I'll misquote it. Okay, chapter 2. Okay. I will stand at my watch, verse 1, and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I'm to give to this complaint. So he's saying, I'm going to stand at my watch, station myself on the ramparts, in the English Standard Version, it says, I'm going to take my stand on my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me. Look out to see what he will say. So seeing and saying are interrelated. So first step, what do you want? Second point, see. As you see, you'll say. As you say, you'll see. Now you're receiving it, right? Now what? You've received it in your spirit, man, right? Well, I'm going to go back to Joshua because I believe the only other thing there is to do is whatever he tells you to do. If he tells you to do something, do it. If he doesn't tell you to do it, don't do it. Sometimes Jesus, he would tell them, go wash in the pool or, you know, pick up your mat or go fill up the water pots or whatever, get out of the boat or, you know, I mean, he would tell them to do something. Right? There's a scripture. I put it on Facebook the other day. If you haven't liked my page on Facebook, like my page on Facebook. I got good stuff going on on there. But um, it's one I've been meditating on. Uh, just found it. And man, the Lord's just really ministering to, to me through it. And it's in the message version of uh, the Bible. It's in Romans 8.15. I love it. It's just so applicable. This must be, I think this is the, the scripture for the summer. That's what I think. It says, this resurrection life you received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is. And we know who we are, father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us. Now listen, can't you remember your parents? You're going to get what's coming to you. When I get home, you're going to get it, right? We, 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 when I first read that, it's like, you're gonna, we're going to get what's coming to us. You know, we're, some, we're so programmed, but here's what we're going to get. An unbelievable inheritance. Why Unbelievable. Because it's so incredibly good, it's unbelievable. An unbelievable inheritance. That's so good. So here's the next part. What's next, Papa? You ask me what I want. Here's what I want. I'm seeing it. I'm saying it. I'm in agreement with it. I'm in agreement with my inheritance. I'm in agreement with what Jesus did for me. I'm in agreement that the devil has no authority. I'm in agreement that poverty has no authority. I'm in agreement that sickness has no authority. over me. I'm in agreement that, that depression and whatever, none of it has any authority over me. I'm, agree, I'm in agreement, and I see it. I see my future the way you, you say it is. Now what? What's next, Papa? And whatever he says, 
Just do it. And then when you do that, what's next, Papa? What's next, Papa? Whatever he says, you do it. And step by step by step by step. Supernatural summertime. <laughs> you got a question, Ray? Okay. Anyway, you didn't have a question, Ray? Okay. All right. Does anybody have a question? Does anybody have a question? Okay. Good. Oh, good. Yes, Sandy. That was Habakkuk 2 1. All right. Romans 8, 15. 15 and 16, you know how they kind of number it? You can't tell exactly. No, okay. So, um, Joshua, was J- Joshua was chapter 6, I think. 6, 6, uh, 1 and 2. Come here, Katie. Stop it. You're going to go out. I'm, I, this is driving me crazy. Hand it to me. No. She doesn't act like this at home because she knows I'll get her. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap for the word. So let's just kind of see what God wants to do next. That's a good word, y'all. That's a good word. You get it? You get it? All right. So let's, um, I was like, okay, Lord, what are we going to do? Well, that's the first thing we're going to do. We're going to see. All right. So I'm going to pray for you right now in Jesus' name. I'm just going to take authority over some things. Hey. All right. Well, in the name of Jesus, Father, I take authority over spirits of blindness right now. I take authority over spirits of deafness right now. I take authority over every demonic entity that has tried to handicap God's people and have them operate in blindness and deafness and spiritual dullness. And I release right now, Father, Just the Holy Spirit. I ask you to enlighten the eyes of our understanding, to flood our hearts with light. And I just release right now, Father, visions. I just release imaginations. And Lord, I come against the lie. Matter of fact, let's say this. I renounce the lie that I cannot see the unseen. I renounce the lie that I cannot hear God. I renounce the lie lie. that I do not have spiritual senses, that that my spiritual senses don't work. In Jesus' name. Okay. All right, so Holy Spirit, we give you permission to activate our spiritual senses. I just released the prophet's reward tonight of activated spiritual senses. Lord, I say let there be light. 
Let there be light. Shine the light. Shine the light in our hearts so bright. So bright, so bright. I, I prayed this last week, but I'm afraid again. Like the Apostle Paul, that light that shone around the Apostle Paul that absolutely blew his circuitry. It blew his mind, Father, and it caused the, the seen realm to come back down under the unseen realm. And the work that was done at the garden was reversed. And I'm telling you, Paul went to third heaven. Paul had a revelation of Jesus. Paul experienced Jesus because he could see the unseen. He heard the Lord's voice. He had encounters with the Lord. And I thank you, Father, that that is our inheritance. You told us that the Holy Spirit would manifest Jesus. You said that he would be real to us, that you would take what belongs to Jesus and show it to us. And so God, we receive, we receive. And so if you're having trouble with that, first thing I want you to see is I want you to see yourself seeing. And I want you to see yourself hearing, right? For that matter, I mean, you know, you're in Christ, so if you, need, if you need a scriptural place for that, Jesus said the Father and I are one. So I want you to imagine right now that you are in Jesus, that you are experiencing the baptism of Jesus. That it's like you, you've read the story, Jesus goes down to John to get baptized. Except this time you're going you're gonna to be in Christ, so you're going to experience the baptism. So you're going to get down and you're going to go to see John and... Now you're going to go under the water, you're going to come back up, and you're going to hear the Father say, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased, and the Holy Spirit is going to come and light on you, all right? But here's the deal, you just heard God say, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. You heard Jesus hear. You heard Jesus hear it. And the way Jesus heard the Father, that's how you hear the Father. The way that Jesus knew what the Father was doing, that's how you see what the Father is doing. Jesus' relationship with the Father is your relationship with the Father. You are in Christ. The way that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power and went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil, that is how you are anointed by the Holy Ghost. You're anointed in the same way you are in Christ. Now, the first time you do this, this may be a little odd. I mean, you know, you're talking to someone. I mean, I didn't always flow in this stuff. I mean, I journaled for a year just like, am I making this up? Am I making this up? Am I making this up? I mean, I, you know, but trust that you, this is a safe place to learn how to see and hear the voice of God. So when we are ready, we are going to see what it looks like, okay? Whatever the Lord is going to, whatever you've decided you want, we're just going to have a vision of what it looks like.
Now, for some of you, you may have to work on it a little bit in the sense that maybe you're not totally sure yet exactly what you want or how much, you know, that exactly what that's going to look like. But let's just... Yeah, I want to do another thing. I want to deal with just the times that it has, you've tried and failed before. Okay? So, um, okay, so let's just pray this prayer. So, Father, I'm coming to you now asking for your grace and your help to receive a clean slate and a fresh beginning. So by an act of my will, I choose to forgive myself for all of the times that I have tried and failed to receive this breakthrough. All of the failed attempts and I give to you the image and sense of failure that it created in my heart. And I release to you every single attempt and every failure. And I give you permission to create a new image in my heart and to take the lead in this next attempt and to help me position myself as a child who says, what's next, Papa? Take back the ground that the enemy has possessed in my life and establish your kingdom in this area of my heart. I release the disappointment, the anger, just the condemnation, and every other consequence of these failed attempts. In Jesus' name. So, Father, what is the truth? Holy Spirit, what is the truth that you want them to know now? Yell it out when you get it. Just yell it out. Yell out some things he's telling you. I got this. Abundance. I heard today is a new day. What? I can't hear it. Taking it to the bank. Anybody else? What, what truth do you want them to know, Holy Spirit? I heard this is mine to do.
Who else is hearing things? It's your inheritance. What's the truth? Yeah, Dustin. New beginnings. Peace of mind. Any other truth? It cannot be plucked from my hand. Okay? All right. This has always been yours. All right, well, let's just, if you're not hearing truth, just stick me with me for a minute. Father, what's the lie they're believing? Just yell them out. We're not, you know, we believed lies before too. If you got a lie that's coming up, you're not good enough, all right? Well, Holy Spirit, what's the truth? Hold on, hold on. What was it? You're wonderfully and beautifully made. I am in you. Huh? We're heirs to the throne. We're heirs to the throne. Okay? Is not about you. That, that'll set you free, right? I'm not worthy. Wait a second. It's not about you. How's it not about, how's it not about Susan, Lord? How's it not about Susan? All right. Any other lies coming up? What did you say? It's bigger than you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And let me blow, you, blow your mind about this. You know why it's ultimately not really about us? It was always, always, always about Jesus and the devil. It was always about God and the devil. It was always about Jesus, about the enemy stealing what didn't belong to him, and Jesus getting it back. I mean, I know we were with Jesus on the cross vicariously, but Jesus, this was about what Jesus did. This is about what Jesus did. This isn't about you being worthy. This is about what Jesus did. The reason this belongs to you is because of what Jesus did. It's not about what you did or what you didn't do. It's about what Jesus did. It's not about your perfection or your imperfection or any of that. It's about what Jesus has accomplished. It is a finished fact. And that unworthy stuff is only just to make you feel like we got to deserve what Jesus did. Well, if we could deserve what Jesus did, Jesus wouldn't have had to do it. Isn't that good? Jesus did it because we didn't deserve it. So good. All right, any other lies coming up? Any other lies coming up? Yeah. I'm just going to break this off of you, Mario. Is that all right? Can I just pray for you and break that something off of you? So, Father, I just break the curse of the Father. I break the Father's curse right now in Jesus' name. And I take authority over every word that has been spoken over Marv, God, uh, that has not been from you. And, Lord, I silence the familiar spirit right now in Jesus' name that sounds like the Father, 
hey, that sounds like, even Marv's voice, Lord, just every, every familiar spirit that has uh, just hijacked and been speaking to him instead and, 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 and keeping him from being able to hear the voice of his true father. And so I break that right now, Father, in Jesus' name. And I say never bother Marv again in his mind, in his emotions, in his dreams, in his body. From this day forward, you are hereby released from your assignment. Never return. In Jesus' name. Um, Who's got something going on with their foot? It's a foot issue? Yeah, okay. Anybody else? Foot issue? It's totally healed? Praise God. Yeah, Juanita? Okay, well, you can stand up too then. So, all right, well, you can stand up too. So anybody that's got a foot issue, just stand up really quick. And I want you to um, just, uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just be healing to these feet in Jesus' name. And so I just want you to go on your tiptoes and back down. I just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you're just healing those feet right now in Jesus' name. That's what you told me to do. Just I don't know why. All right. Praise God. So we just speak happy feet. Happy feet. Happy feet. All right. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, we're going to see. We're going to go back into that place and see. So, Lord, show us what to say. When you can see it, I want you to raise your hand. Just close your eyes because you can see better. All right? But what you're believing for this summer, what you, are, what you have received for this summer, when you can see it, I want you to raise your hand so we can just get a show of hands of who can see it. Okay. If you can't see it, I want you to see yourself seeing it. Okay. If you can't see it, I want you to see yourself seeing it. Now, all that means is just use your imagination and see yourself seeing it. See, we can out-trick the devil. We can out-trick the devil. We can see ourselves seeing. We can see ourselves hearing. We can see ourselves seeing it. Who can see themselves seeing it? (laughs) Isn't that good? Now you just see yourself seeing it. Okay. Who can't see it? Raise your hand if you can't see it. It's okay if you can't see it. Okay. If you can't see it, all right, we're just going to ask the Lord. What What are the lies that these folks are believing that are causing them not to see it? Holy Spirit, what's the lie? Father, what's the lie? What's the lies? You got them? You got lies? Anybody got a lie? Looking for a lie here. Any lie you got? You don't know what you want. Is that the lie? Is that what you heard? Yeah. Okay. So, Holy Spirit, what's the truth? Okay. 
getting anything? No? Okay. Well, let me, let me pause here for a second, because you probably, this is probably some of the strangest ministry you have ever seen. Like, what the heck is she doing? What is all the seeing and laskin and all this stuff? You know, well, let me take a description. All right. Let's go to, this is John 5.19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son does also. All right. Now, this is a picture of how Jesus lived. He lived dependent on the Father. It says here that he didn't try to do anything by himself. He only did what he saw the Father doing, right? So the point is, this is about you communicating with God and learning to be led by the Spirit. And that is a continual process. And so this isn't, I mean, yes, there's a place. I mean, the Father will tell me to do something, I'll go do that. But one of the major things he's wanting to accomplish in you this summer is your ability to receive. He is upgrading your ability to receive. And what is hindering your ability to receive has got to go. And anything that's hindering your ability, there's, only, there's really only two, only two options here. What's hindering your ability, you're going to hear them? Okay. It's just either straight-up demonic, all right, or there's been some lies. The enemy has deceived you in some way through something that you've experienced. There's a belief, and I'm talking most of these beliefs are subconscious beliefs. You aren't aware that you're believing a lie. Nobody's consciously believing a lie. You know, I mean, we're not just walking around, yeah, I, I, I believe that lie. You know, no, if it's a lie, we actually, if we believe it, we think it's true. Right? And so this is, the process is just, the Holy Spirit, how many of you know the Holy Spirit knows what we believe? Hey! Isn't that good? The Holy Spirit knows what we believe. The Holy Spirit knows what's hindering us. The Holy Spirit knows what, he knows every root that the Heavenly Father has not planted. He knows every plant. He knows every lie. And the Holy Spirit is an expert at leading and guiding us into all truth and doing what? Showing us things to come. That's a word. The Holy Spirit helps us see the truth, to know the truth. And when you know the truth, you see correctly. You see the future through the lens of the truth. Not through the lens of a lie. Not through the lens of a past failed attempt. You see it through the lens of the truth. Amen? Okay, so here we are. We're back here. Tracy, did you ever hear anything? So, Father, what's the truth for Tracy? She heard, I don't know what I want. What's the truth? Juanita, did you hear a lie? Okay, I'm on hold. Anybody else can't see, and they're getting a lie of some kind. All right. You got one, Dustin? What you got? 
You can feel it. Okay. Okay, well, let's do this, okay? So he can feel it, but he can't see it, all right? So for those of you that are having trouble imagining anything, all right, I want you, this is my little thing I do all the time. I want you to imagine, today I'm going to have you imagine an apple. See an apple. So can you see an apple, Dustin? Okay. Huh? See an apple? Okay. So his imagination is working. If anybody in here can't imagine an apple, is there anybody here that can't? Sometimes I run across people that literally can't imagine anything. It's just because the enemy has so shut down that faculty. They got in trouble for being a daydreamer or something. So if, it, if everybody can see a red apple, okay, then your, your spiritual eyes are working. Wasn't that spiritual? Yes. Wasn't that phenomenal? That was amazing. The most amazing miracle. Everybody there got their spiritual eyesight, Shalise. They all could see a red apple. Okay, so if you can see a red apple, Dustin, so Holy Spirit, why can Dustin not see what he is able to feel? What is the lie he believes? You don't have fear about the future? Oh, you have fear about the future. Okay. So, Holy Spirit, what's the truth? And let, let me tell you why I'm not prophesying the truth to Dustin while he's doing that. See, a revelation you have, it's yours. When God speaks to you, it's rhema called rhema and faith comes through rhema the word of god brings faith it brings freedom and the encounter you have is your encounter Amen. there's a place for prophecy there's a place for confirmation there's a place for those things but there's also just a place to hear god did you get anything dustin Now you're seeing different things. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, well, you didn't need to. You just, you just set that, that thing, just unlocked it. Good. Awesome. 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 Now, I want you, I feel like the Lord is saying, the seeing and the saying is huge. But I, I really have a sense that there's a heart healing in this as well. Um, uh, I'm getting a sense that because we, I mean, I, we, we prayed the prayer. We prayed this prayer to get a clean slate and all of those things. But I just really, but when we said that the whole, we gave the, we gave the Lord permission to create a new image in our heart. Did we not? I really feel like the Lord is going to be touching the things in your heart that have, and I really get a sense primarily that they're identity-related, all right? That one of the major reasons we haven't received some of these things is because of, of reasons like, I mean, all kinds of reasons, but, you know, I don't deserve it. I'm unworthy. Um, we're more aware of our sin than our righteousness in Christ. We're all kinds of things. I mean, all kinds of things that have, I'm powerless. What, just things that we've believed about ourselves, right? 
And so not only is there going to, like the Lord, I feel really clear about this, that not only is there going to be just the supernatural breakthrough, there is going to be an identity upgrade. You are about to grow in sonship. You are about to grow in your identity. And your, uh, I mean, that scripture, I'll go back to Romans. What's next, Papa? We know who we are. And we know who he is. And the Spirit of God bears witness in our spirit that we are the children of God. And we're going to get what's coming to us as children of God. An unbelievable inheritance. So there is a stripping away that is going to be taking place as you see and as you walk through. Now, I, I, well, let me finish my thought before I go to the next one. There's going to be a stripping away. It's like a sculpture. Just scraping and whatever sculptors do to get the beauty of the, the image of the masterpiece that's within that stone. So God is going to be chipping away at these identity inhibitors and these things that, that have obscured our true identity. And there's going to be an upgrade in our, the way that we see ourselves as we receive this. And I lost the rabbit trail. Dang it. Where was I going with this? Holy Spirit, help me. Oh. You know, focus is a big deal. I really have a sense that this needs to be a focus. Not, you know, like the thing you add on to the other 15 million projects you've already got going right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just really feel like this, is a, this has the potential in your life to be an incredible, incredible pivoting point. To be like a defining moment in your life. Like this was, this was the moment when everything shifted. This was the moment when, I mean, that, that's the potential of this moment. And part of, the, part of the, sometimes part of the issue is that we don't embrace those moments because we are so accustomed to just living normal lives. We're so accustomed to just living naturally. We're so accustomed to not having our lives be marked by breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough and, and the supernatural becoming just, in, I mean, you know, truthfully, the potential that is in this room. I mean, what makes you different from, I'm just going to throw it out there, than Smith Wigglesworth? Or what makes you different from whatever you're called to be? then the, the point is what you believe is what makes you different. And there is an opportunity, I, I believe with all of my heart, for there to be, you know, just an amazing breakthrough here and a pivotal point in your life. Like this is the summer of 2017 is when Things shifted. The summer of 2017 was, you know, think about it. At some point in Kevin Dedman's life, the miracle breakthrough happened. At some point in Mark Berkler's life, he heard the voice of God. <laughs> you know, at some point, 
I mean, there's always that point. At some point, you know, Gideon obeyed God. I mean, there's always a point, a turning point. And, you know, these, the, when you read the Gospels and, and people encountered Jesus and their life was never the same, I mean, those encounters defined their lives. And you're, there's a, we have the, I'm telling, I'm, I'm saying this because focus, you know, this is a daily focus. This is a daily focus. A daily focus. What is a daily focus? Really seeing. Seeing. Seeing is a daily focus. And if you're not clear on what you're supposed to see, then you're focused to get clear on what you're supposed to see until you can see it. And every Sunday, we're going to be coming in here, and we're going to be, I'm going to be reiterating this stuff. This is about, this, we, are, we are in this on a corporate journey this summer. Amen? All right. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take up an offering. I'm going to close this out in prayer. And if you'd like, you know, some ministry time after that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here for a little bit, so... Feel free to do that, and if uh, any of the emergers feel like they want to pray for folks or whatever, and they want to hang out, you can do that as well. So, Sandy, you want to grab that? All right. So, um, yeah, so we're going to take them an offering now. We have, if you're going to do a check, you can make out your checks to SJM, or goodness knows you don't want to spell out Shalise Jimenez Ministries. So, <laughs> SJM will work. If you're giving by debit card, or you want a receipt for cash giving, raise your hand. We have envelopes for cash giving, and then we have forms for credit card giving as well. No, if you don't want credit for it, then just throw it in the bucket, right? Yeah. If you want credit, then get an envelope. If you, if you want a donation form, then do that. So if you need an envelope, raise your hand. If you need a credit card donation form, raise your hand. Checks go to SJM. And I'm going to pray over you while you're doing that. I, that's, I love to do that. So, Father, I just thank you for these heirs of salvation. Whoa, that's a good word right there. Angels minister to the heirs of salvation. Every one of us here is an heir of salvation. Our salvation is an inheritance. And so, Father, that means total wholeness in our finances. That means total wholeness in our bodies. That means total wholeness. And so tonight, Lord, as we sow these seeds, we are sowing as heirs. Heirs of salvation. And we are making a connection with this, Father. We know that this seed is connecting into an anointing. It's connecting into the anointing that is on my life, Father. And, Lord, I pray the prophet's reward. I pray the reward of the, of the, the anointing that is on my life, Father. I just declare, God, that everyone that, that is able to, to give in to tonight, Father, there is just something supernaturally being imparted through that honor, through that show of honor, God. Like the widow woman who built the prophet's house. Like, like uh, who made the prophet the last meal, God. Um, how, like the, wi- the, 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 the widow's might, God. I think it's not about the amount. It's about honor. And God, I thank you that honor is an exchange. And so I just release that, Father. I release seeing, the, the gift of, of a seer, Father. The gift of hearing. I release visions and encounters with the Lord. I release, ah, let me just pray in the spirit. I just release... An impartation of the anointing that is on my life, God. 
Freely I have received, freely I, re I give, Father. So I just release that reward, the reward of the honor of this gift, Father. If I carry it, they get it. <laughs> and so, Lord, I thank you that there's been so many testimonies of that happening in people's lives, even in my own life with other ministries, Father. So I just declare that, Father. This is not just some kind of religious duty where we just give some offering because that's what we do in church. No, Father, we have a revelation tonight of what honor is and what is received in exchange for it. So we just release that divine exchange. And I call these heirs of salvation blessed with salvation. <laughs> I just declare they're blessed with salvation. They're blessed with all of the unbelievable inheritance that is theirs in Christ. Those spiritual blessings, God, in heavenly places, Lord, I declare they're becoming material blessings. I declare that they are materializing. Not that we're materialistic, Father, but they aren't there. They're there for us to use. And so I declare we are blessed we are increasing more and more. And Father, we receive the fullness of what you are doing in this moment for each and every person that is here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now I'm just going to close out. So um, I'd like everybody to stand because I just feel like there's some ministry of angels that is about to take place. And so, Lord, I just thank you that, um, I thank you, Lord, that we just, we just receive the ministry right now that you are bringing into the room. Hi, and I just see these angels coming in, and um, I just see them clothing you. I see them clothing you with, with garbs, royal garments. Oh, um, and so I just, as you just enter into that, just enter into that and what, what is happening in the room right now. And just, let, just receive those royal garments, whatever those may look like. <laughs> and I feel like they're also, um, they're giving you some things. Like they're giving you, I, I don't know, objects of some kind. So just, you know, again, just close your eyes and receive whatever you feel like the angel, angels are giving you. And uh, I just feel like there's a very specific reason that you're being given that. Right now, I just there's a very specific reason that you're being given what you're being given. And for some of you, there's something you're supposed to do with it. So um, just by faith, go ahead and do whatever. If that doesn't apply, don't worry about it. But by faith, just go ahead and do whatever it is that you're feeling led to do. So... Um, Yay. Yay. Whew. <laughs> Yay. I just feel like there's um just other things that are being given out. So just after you've received that first item and done what you feel like you're supposed to do with it, 
just kind of stay there because there's more things coming. Just take some time to really just receive with, 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 with the, the ministry of the, the angels here. I just, the Lord just highlighted that. I mean, we are heirs of salvation, and the, the angels are ministering servants to the heirs of salvation. And I feel like a lot of what you're do, what's happening right now is the identity upgrade. that it's related to this identity upgrade that is already... And it's not, it's not an upgrade in, in, in the sense that you're getting something you didn't already have. It's just letting you see what you already... It, like It's just letting you see it. It's giving you an image of that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, the presence is, is so, it's, I mean, it's very strong. I can't open my eyes at this point. Hey! Just more Holy Spirit, just more glory, more, more presence right now in this place. Whatever that you need to do right now, Holy Spirit, we give you freedom to do. I see these angels blowing these trumpets. Um, there's one, they're up in this, like kind of up above, I don't even know if they're in the building or whatever, they're up there and they're just, I'm just going to blow a trumpet. I know it's a little odd, but <laughs> just go with it. I've done this long enough to know this is what you do. do, do, do. Well, thank you, Lord. We just, we just receive an impartation of more of your presence right now. Lord. We just declare that that presence, and that presence is just destroying the yoke and removing the burden right now, Lord. We just declare that there's a deliverance right now in the house right now, Lord. We just, we just receive that deliverance anointing even right now. Hey, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And I just, I just release, even tonight, Lord, as people go home and they, 
you know, just get ready for, the, for bed and get in bed. There's something about that, Lord. I just, I, I just release enlightened eyes that discern angels and discern the presence in their home and just that their eyes are open to the spiritual activity of, in the, of, of the ministry of the angels. Or It's not over. This isn't over, Lord. I, I feel like there's something about that when, when believers start believing, <laughs> when believers just really start to press in and say, like, okay, we're declaring supernatural summer. We're declaring kingdoms invade, the kingdoms invading earth. We're declaring heaven on earth. We're going to see some things this summer. I just feel like angels are on it. <laughs> so there's angelic involvement. And the God's just reminding me even of, like, Joshua, how that angel showed up. But, you know, we didn't read that part. But right before Joshua 6, Joshua 5, the, this angel shows up and Joshua's like, you know, are you for us or against us? And he's like, I'm on God's side, man. You know, and just the angels get involved when you're taking, when, you're, when you are coming into the inheritance. The angels are involved in the release of the inheritance. The angels are ministering to the heirs of salvation. And as we are pushing into salvation, there is angelic assignments. There are angelic involvement in this summer. And this is not a natural operation. This is a, this is a heavenly operation. And we are in this with, a, with the hosts that are here to release the move of God that this summer series is really is, is ordained to release and going to usher in uh, there's a domino effect because as you receive there are it, it, there's open doors that is going to be opening for others to receive this is a, 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 a multiplying exponential type of of, of effect. It's a domino effect, but each of us is a domino and we're like going out in different directions. It's kind of like those domino, big old domino things that they, they don't just hit one down, but somehow five go in a row and now you got this row and that row and that row. Each of us has this, it's, we're like a catalyst for a move of God in our sphere of influence as we begin to step into this. Um, thank you, Jesus. And so the angels are absolutely involved. And so Lord, I just pray that we would stay awake. I just release the awakening over every single person here tonight, Lord. I declare they are awake. They're staying awake. They are awake to the presence of God. They are operating in the discerning of spirits. They can see the angelic, Father. They can experience your presence like never before. We just release tangible presence, tangible weighty glory, tangible weighty glory, Lord. Hey, thank you, Lord. More, 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 more over all of us, God. Just turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. More, more, more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And as we just, just, just leave this place, the Lord's just highlighting now, you know, that you are in Christ. You are in Christ. You are in Christ. And so everything that the angels are, are ordaining you with or, or, or um, you know, dressing you and giving you, I mean, these are not foreign things because you're in Christ. These things belong to Jesus. Everything that is you are getting from these angels belong to Jesus. So this is this is you are one with him. So I pray even now, Father, you'd give them a picture of oneness in this place. 
Let them see themselves in Christ in this place, Lord, receiving these things from the angels. It's like, it's like when the angels look at us, that's what they see. Thank you, Lord. And I just sense, I mean, I just am sensing some breakthrough with inventions in the area of creativity. Um, I don't know if those are physical inventions or strategies. I'm not sure, Lord. But and I also just release the instructions of God, Father. I release step-by-step instructions, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And as we close, Father, I just declare that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And I just declare that we are blessed. In Jesus' name. Amen. (coughs) Amen.